Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series dedicated to helping all of us talk more openly about money. Each show features a special guest who will share with you one of their favorite money myths. Then together, we will discuss how to bust that myth wide open. My name is Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, and I am your host. My company is KBK Wealth Connection, and it's committed to helping women, couples, families, and their financial team shatter money taboos and learn how to effectively talk about money. It is a great honor today to be joined by our guest, Eric Roberge. Am I saying your name correctly? Yes, you are. Excellent. He is someone that I recently met that I've been very impressed with. So let me tell you a little bit about him, and then we'll have him officially join the call. So Eric is the founder of Beyond Your Hammock. He's a certified financial planner, and he has worked in the financial services industry for 12 years plus. Uh, He worked at State Street Bank, J.P. Morgan, and several independent financial planning firms before he founded his own company, Uh, Beyond Your Hammock, which is just an awesome name. He uh, focuses on helping professionals who are very successful in their 30s and 40s navigate their personal financial landscape. He also is somebody who has been named one of the top CFP holders under 36 uh, by Wealth Management Magazine in 2016 and has written for Money and Forbes. He also shares his practical advice with USA Today, ABC News, CNBC, um, the Wall Street Journal, and many more. He's a board of director of the Massachusetts Financial Planning Association as the next gen director and frequently ex- uh, speaks at industry events and conferences, including something we're doing together next week, which I'm excited about. So, Eric, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for welcoming me, Kathleen. Happy to be on this podcast. I think it's going to be a fun one. Yes, yeah. So you submitted a myth, why making more money won't make you happy. And I have to tell you, before we delve into that, um, we've had a couple of different uh, versions of money and happiness myths. So I'm interested to find out a little bit as to uh, what motivated you to pick this particular myth today. Well, I think it was the driving force behind me taking the leap out of the corporate world to try to find myself and locate the career that I truly wanted, which then had me start my company. So for me, it's it's definitely uh, it touches home, and uh, now I talk about it all the time with my current clients. So that was the impetus of of why I brought this one up. Awesome, because I love when people come in and they have something that they hear from their clients or their their uh, consumers, but also kind of identify with it themselves. So with any myth, there's usually some truth, and then there's a part of it that potentially can get in the way. So when I think about why making more money won't make you happy, um, and think about that as a myth, can you speak a little bit more about how that either serves you or served you in the past and how it potentially might get in the way, either for you or one of your clients? Sure. I think I can speak directly to it for myself. I mean, it, it certainly served me initially because when I graduated college, I was graduating and jumping into this new world of, of, of real life. And that was driving me. So I, was, I wanted prestige, I wanted money. So it was motivating me to get out there, interview with the companies that I wanted to work for, and do the best work possible so that I could get promoted uh, year after year and move ahead in, in my career. So um, that, in, in essence, it was, a, it was a motivational tactic. Awesome. So making more money and wanting to make more money can actually motivate you. 
Yes. I have found that to be true as well. (laughs) (laughs) Although it can also get in the way. And uh, so is there any way in which it's tripped you up or it sounds like it's led to what you're doing now? Yeah. Well, I think in this, from, from a bigger picture, this is where a lot of people get tripped up. And it's because society says that once you get on that career track, uh, you feel like you need to move forward. And if you even look side to side or take a step off that track, someone's going to pass you. You're going to miss that opportunity. You're not going to get promoted. Your boss is going to fire you. Um, so we get on this career track and we, we just never, never take the time to smell the roses. And next thing we know, we're retired and we've missed our entire life. That doesn't work for me. Yeah, that sounds really depressing, actually. So I'm glad I haven't participated in that. But I totally identify with what you're talking about. And certainly uh, know people who are either still caught up in that or trying to get out of that. And when I think about, and this is a a big generalization, but when I think about millennials, and um, I know you work with a lot of millennials, and uh, you're a cusper, that, uh, you know, certainly, that's one of the things that I think as a generation millennials do better than say gen xers or baby boomers in terms of really looking at that uh work-life balance Mm, absolutely um certainly they get they get uh, reprimanded for not having the motivation and the the wherewithal to get on the career track and move forward and, and be excited about jumping into a job um they are more of the taking a world view and saying, all right, well, what do I really want to do? And how is how are my passions going to um, help me live the life that I want to live versus just doing what I have to do to get to where I have to go? So how do you help somebody find that balance? Because it strikes me as, you know, we have to make money to live. And there's certainly some happiness, uh, even research shows up to a certain point uh, of making money that allows you to pay for you know, food, shelter, and some of the basics and enjoy it. Um, Once you get to that point, though, making more money and more money and more money actually doesn't uh, prove out to make you more happy. But it sounds like in your practice and working with your clients, you really help people around this whole concept. Can you share a little bit uh, about how you go about doing that or a story about how that works? Yes. I think the the first thing to look at and what I tell all of my clients is that we have to establish a point A. And that's just where you are today. A lot of people talk about the goals that they want to achieve and down the road I'm going to have this and that. And you can do a great job of outlining these goals and even writing them down, which is fantastic for um, helping you to achieve those. There's certain research that shows that writing down goals is going to help get you there. However, they're missing a big part of the the process, which is understanding where they are today. And I compare it to driving across country. So we're in the East Coast here, and if we're going to LA, we have to know where we're leaving from. Because if we were leaving from Florida versus Maine, there's a completely different route to get there. So until we look at authentically where we are today, there's nothing wrong or right about it. It's just where we are, which is what is our cash flow? So what is our income coming in? What are our expenses going out? What do we have for assets in our bank accounts and investment accounts and retirement accounts? And also what do we have for liabilities, which are credit card debt and mortgages and student loans, which is a big one for for my clients. Once we establish that, then we can actually start drawing a line from point A to point B. But until then, we're just kind of guessing at things. 
So it's really about taking where you're at now and looking at what's going on and then kind of charting the road trip, so to speak, to use the same analogy, to where you want to go. Now, I know a lot of um, advisors who are well-intended, really great people who don't work with your target market. So tell me a little bit about how you decided to work with people who uh, were accumulating wealth. I know you'll also work with people who already have wealth, but you're really working and, and, and setting up a business that's a little bit different than some other folks have done. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. And this just comes from my experience in the industry. So I, after I'd left JP Morgan, I went to work for several independent financial advisors. And along the way, I started to realize that everybody in our industry wanted to work with uh, baby boomers and people that were wealthy and transitioning into retirement, which makes a lot of sense when you have an industry that's growing up around these generations and that's their biggest needs, right? Understanding how much money they have so that they don't run out of money in retirement so they can choose the right social security and Medicare options and estate planning and taxes all very important things for everybody at some point in their lives. However, being younger, I'm now 36, but when I entered as a financial planner, I was 27, uh, I, I, I networked with a lot of younger people and I wasn't out there connecting with people that were 60 years old. So I didn't necessarily have a lot of prospective clients that were that age. I had clients that were prospective clients that were younger and my then bosses were telling me that I couldn't work with them because it didn't fit into this revenue model that we had of, well, charging 1% on assets, right? So if you don't have any assets, 1% of zero is really not going to do you any good. <laughs> True. Um, so I would work, I wanted to work with younger people. And in order for me to do that, I had to start my own company. So I started a company that helps coach and guide younger professionals who make good money, they just don't know how to do anything with it yet. They don't know if it goes towards the debt, they should save for a home, they should save for retirement, they should save for their kid's college, they should go on a trip. All of this, all these things, and this is where the happiness comes in, all these things are out there. And if we make more money, we can certainly cover the issues up. And maybe a lack of organization and, and understanding and clarity in your financial life can be covered up by more money initially. But that's just building a, a house on top of an, uh, a, a foundation that has holes in it. So it's very important to organize everything and to understand everything and then choose to spend your money on the things you want to spend it on. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I, I certainly agree with you. And when I think about... Um you know, people, and it's a variety of ages. I, I know people who are younger who are doing this. I certainly know people my age that are doing this that are very focused on the next big house, the next big thing, the next big promotion, and it's money, 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 which, okay, so being money motivated in itself won't bring you happiness. It seems to bring them something. But what's so surprising is that often those so same people who on the outside you know, really look like they're incredibly successful, if you start talking to them about money, their thoughts and beliefs about money, their conversations about money, anything that's like related to what we're talking about in Breaking Money Silence, they often don't really have their act together as much. And it sounds like um, that you experience that sometimes, that, that more income can cover up some of the stuff that, uh, some of that cracks, some of those cracks and holes in the foundation. Yes, and, and that's where my own experience comes into play too because when I was working at, 
at JP Morgan, I was I had tripled my income in, in three years. So I was making a lot more money than I had made and I had a job that where I could say that, yes, I'm working at JP Morgan. That sounds really great. Mm-hmm. Um, yet I realized that I wasn't any happier than I was before. So that's when it hit me. I said, oh no, maybe this is not what I need to make me happy. And through um, several, maybe five, six, even seven years of inner thinking and kind of understanding, trying to figure out where I was going and doing a lot of personal and professional development work, I just got that happiness. I was looking for happiness outside of me. And like the next girlfriend was going to make me happy or the next dollar I made or the bonus or the job or whatever else, all these things outside of me was going to make me happy. And I realized that that wasn't the case and that the only way I was going to be truly happy is if I was satisfied with who I am at my core. And that is the is the the place that I transitioned to start doing things that I thought would help me connect with my passions and impact other people. So it, it's awesome that you're willing to share that because I think that that's so true. Like money, the way I see it, money can be uh, just a symbol or a, a symptom of something. It's like you know, if I was just thinner and you've mentioned the girlfriend, or if I just had more money, it can be such a symbol of, uh, or a a symptom maybe is a better word, of, you know, not addressing the underlying issue. So it sounds like if we were to reframe this uh, money script, instead of, um, you know, money, more money will make me happy, or making more money won't make me happy, what's an actually better way of thinking about this? Because it feels like there's some other thought or belief that's a little bit more supportive, uh, especially uh, for you and what you've worked through, which really mirrors what I think a lot of people have, and especially uh, entrepreneurs. I certainly had a, uh, not exactly the same, but a similar kind of uh, awakening around the same age when I started my firm many, many years ago. Um, What do you think the new phrase would be? Because it's not money will make me happy or money won't make me happy. It's something like that has to do with your core. Any ideas? Oh, wow. That's... Uh, Didn't mean to overwhelm you with my... No, I just try, I'm trying to get it right, which is not... Oh, gonna... there's no right answer with money so, scripts. That's the beauty of them. <laughs> wouldn't it be so elegant if I could just come out and say, this is what it is now? I know, but that it's, <laughs> this is just proving to everybody who's listening that it's sometimes hard because, you know, I think it has to do with values and, and honoring yourself, but I don't know if there's a tidy little saying that goes along with what we're talking about. Well, yeah, right. And that's kind of what I was going to go with as far as, in, in there's a book called Happy Money, which I actually haven't read yet, but um, it talks about how s- spending money in a way that is satisfying is, is what makes you happy. So what I what I tell people is it's never about the money that they're, they're looking for, for advice on money, but it's never really about the money. It's it's spending money that's in a, in a way that's in line with their goals and their values. So for me, I wake up in the morning every day and I know that I'm building this business that's helping other people um, and allowing me to live the life that I want to live and help them live the life that they want to live. So that really motivates me whether I'm making, you know, a million dollars or uh, fifty thousand dollars, right? There, there's a motivation there behind what I'm doing, knowing there's a purpose for it. So, um, I think it is really comes down to spending your time and your money in a way that allows you to be satisfied with yourself. 
Absolutely. And and actually, while you were talking and I, I was listening, I'm thinking in some ways the handy little phrase could be that happiness is living every day in line with your values. Mm. Um, and that, you know, one of the things I don't think we think about in this society, and you can tell me if this is true or not true for your clients, is we don't really think about how uh, we spend or invest or gift money really does tie into what's important. And one of the exercises that I sometimes um, will encourage advisors to do with clients or I'll give to a client directly is really looking at either your debit or your credit statement and looking at where your money went that uh, month. And is it going to, to something that you value? So for instance, if I see a charge that's for skiing or mountain biking or... Um, kayaking, right? That's living in line with my value of being outdoor, sharing experiences, and, and being physically fit. Um, but if I see a bunch of charges that are for coffee and wine and restaurant after restaurant, well, I enjoy that. If there's too many of them, I'm like, mm, I may not be living 100% in line with my values. So um, I'm wondering, do, how do you help your clients get to that point of identifying what's important to them? That's a great question. And it's, it's the beginning of the conversation with my clients. So there's the two parts to it, which you mentioned, looking at your spending and your, your debit cards and your credit cards to see where your money's going. Um, that's one of the first two steps that we, we do with my clients is take a look at their cash flow just to see what it looks like. Because a lot of times, and it's not necessarily about the dollar amounts that they're spending in certain categories, it's about the fact that they've never actually gone through to identify where their money is actually going. Uh-huh. So they can't think through it. They do a lot of mental accounting and assumptions, which are very bad for financial planning. Um, so that process of going through your cash flow and just seeing where your money is going is, is very eye-opening for people that make no money and people that make a lot of money. Um, and then the other part of that is to sit down and we sit down in the first meeting and we brainstorm their goals. And it's not just the, the typical goals like I uh, retire at 65 and I want to save for my kids college and all those things are important and they are going to be on the spectrum, but I want them to just let loose and start to say things that they may have only thought of before um, have, and have been to, afraid to say out loud because it's all of those goals that can actually be achieved if we are intentional about them. So I say, don't be embarrassed. Just just talk about these goals and just brainstorm it. I'm going to record everything. We're going to put it all in a line. And then we're going to start to prioritize those goals. And we're going to see what rises to the top. Because it's those top three to five goals that are the most important things for you. And usually those are the ones that are directly in line with their values. I love that. It, it sounds like, Eric, what you're doing is um, really helping clients get clear. There's a coaching component. There's meeting them where there's, they're at, helping them be more mindful about money. All of these things that I, that I certainly have worked to train advisors to do, and in certain settings, um, it's easier to do than others. And I think it's, you know, as one entrepreneur to another, I think it's really awesome that you've created a place where you can develop your model and provide the service that you want so you can, um, you know, honor this, you know, making more money won't make you happy myth that we've talked about today. Um, there is a lot more we could talk about, and I'm very excited that we're going to be able to continue this conversation offline. But um, 
tell folks that are listening uh, a little bit about your uh, business, where they can find you. And I know you're nice enough to offer a 30-minute kind of exploratory session where somebody who maybe has heard you today thinks, oh, you know, I'd like to know a little bit more, um, that you're generous with your time in that way because it fits with your values. So you could you tell them a little bit more about where they could find you? Sure. Yes, I, um, I work in Boston. Um, and the good thing about my, my company is that I do a lot of virtual work. So you can find me online at www.beyondyourhammock.com. Um, it'll give you an understanding about how I work with clients. There's a video on there that gives you a little bit more perspective on, on who I am. Um, and then you can sign up for a free consultation. And I think one of the things that I, I talked to a guy yesterday and he said, I don't know if I'm a fit for you, so I don't want to waste your time. I said, hold on a second. Um, I I do this for a living. I love to help people. So let's just have a conversation. You're certainly not wasting my time. It's part of my business to understand what you might need and see how I can help you. And if I can help you, I can point you in the right direction or find someone else that may be able to help you better. So it's it's totally open and um, I just love talking with people. And if I can help people, I can help them. If I can't, I'm not going to push it. Yeah, no, I think that's really important that it's not some, uh, not some uh, sales strategy. It's really just trying to connect with people and find out, is there a fit or isn't there a fit? Or um, maybe there's not a fit now, but there might be one down the line. You know, I have to say before we end um, that time and time again, I look at advisors' websites and I am very critical of them. I'll be honest. I think, wow, you know, advisors have the most boring websites and often are not on social media. And I know it's complicated as to why. Um, I look at your website and I think, ah, oh, I just, it's so beautiful. It's so easy to navigate. It really fits with what I think the trend is going to be going forward. So, you know, kudos to you and what you're doing. I hope um, people out there will uh, look up Eric and look up beyond your hammock and, and check it out. If nothing else, read the blog. It's really uh, worth taking a look. So I, I really want to thank you for your time today. Eric, once again, uh, you were nice enough to have this conversation with me. And I want to thank everybody out there for listening to Breaking Money Silence. My name is Kathleen Burns Kingsbury. I'm a wealth psychology expert and author, and I'm really dedicated and passionate about helping people talk about money matters. For more information about my books, speaking, and services, please visit my website at kbkwealthconnection.com. And remember that together we can break money silence for good.